Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. My friends, it is awesome to have you with us here on a Friday Eve of the most interactive sports talk show anywhere. Do want to let you know. That if you are a fan of the show, you can use Apple or Google Podcast to listen to us. We're there. Find Offsides with Mark Ryan and subscribe for our latest clips. If you're a Gamecock fan, you'll like one from this week where Chris Phillips told you which position groups are going to get better, which position groups are going to get worse for the Gamecocks in the year 2024. There you go, my friends. There you go. Okay, so I have promised you something, and I'm going to deliver on that promise. Yesterday, we shared with you the results of our upset pick challenge. All right? How we had, and congrats to anybody who scored, okay, and finished with a positive score. It's not easy to do. 40 people did out of maybe over 400 that submitted picks over the course of the season. All right, my old man was one of them, but he finished in 40th place. Don't worry, Pops, I finished in 36th. Diesel was in 21st. Diesel, 21 is my second favorite number. That's a great number. Um, To those who finished in the top 10, Madcraft, Minor 49er, Josh Pate, Lee Corso, Pat McAfee, Gold Rush, Mark L.O. Ducks, and especially to those who finished in the top three, Dan B. in third place, E. Thoughty in second place, and Joe D. in first place, you guys have earned it. You guys have earned it. So we want to, uh, we decided, you know, we don't, I don't like it when it's like winner takes all. One year I won a uh, fantasy football league draft, and I think I got like 600 bucks and it was a check for 600 bucks, and somebody stole the check in the mail, and I got, like, the copy where she had, like, written, somebody had written over my name and tried to cash the check as somebody else. Crazy, right? Um, I, I don't like winner takes all, so we'd like to do something for first, second, and third, all right? And so here is what I've come up with. Um, third place, uh, Dan B., I want to give a hat or a T-shirt to from the Fan Upstate. Second place and first place, here is what I'm going to do. E. Thoughty is in second place. 
I believe he thought he won this a year ago. Uh, Joe D is in first place. He won with 44 points. Usually it takes 50 points to win this bad boy. This year it only took 44. Golden opportunity for someone else to win. No one could do it. Um, Joe D got it with Washington, I'm told. Won the, won the final with Washington. That separated him from the pack. Had Washington over Texas. Great pick, Joe D. So, Joe D., here is your choice, all right? My hunch is to say that second place gets an arcade experience. Diesel, you were telling me about a really cool arcade in uh, Simpsonville, I think, it was, I think you were yeah, telling it's, me. Yeah, uh, it's part of the warehouse. Yeah. Or it's right next to the warehouse. So you and I, you and I, uh, and if Diesel can come, great, but definitely you and I will go and we'll have a few hours at the arcade. And I'll fund the games and the beverages and the food, and you and I will hang at the arcade, and we'll just have, like, you and I will just chill for, for a few hours, okay? Uh, I don't know if that's a punishment or a present, but that's what I was thinking for second place. Uh, first place... We'll get the offsides MVP experience, where on a day that you can make it happen, uh, you'll report to the studio at 2 p.m. Uh, I'll bring you lunch to the studio at 2 p.m. And you will witness and observe how Diesel and I get ready for the show. Then uh, at 3 o'clock, your mic will be on with us for the show that day. Your mic will be on with us for the show. So it will be the grand prize, uh, the, gra- the, the, the grand behind-the-stage pass to the offsides experience. You'll come here at 2 p.m. I'll have lunch for you. Uh, you'll see the final workings of the show. Uh, you'll be here for us during the show, okay? And that'll be it. So, Joe D., your assignment is just tell us which of those two you want. And he thought he will get the other one. Okay, he thought he will get the other one. If you want the um, the full offsides experience, that's the prize I have de- designated for first place. If you would rather just hang at an arcade that the pressure of being on the air is not for you, then you and I can just go to the arcade, and that's cool as well. One is for first, one is for second. I will let Joe D decide which one he wants, which one. Um, is more up your alley. And Joe D., congratulations to you, sir, my friend. Those are your choices. Does anyone out there know Joe D.? Anyone out there know who Joe D. is as a, as a dude? Anybody friends with him? Please let him know if he's not listening live that them's the prizes, okay? And, uh, and he can determine which of those he wants. What do you say? 844-326-3663 is the number. Uh, this is not good form by me, but I have I shared with you guys that I uh, was going to give you Tier 1, Tier 2, and Tier 3 for Alabama's head coach. For Alabama's head coach, that's what I was going to do. And so here's what I've got. Tier 1, I'm going. Davo Sweeney, Kalen DeBoer, Lane Kiffin, Dan Lanning. Dan Lanning has come out and said he's not going to be the next head coach at Alabama. I'm telling you that I do not see Dabo Sweeney being the next head coach at Alabama. I'd be shocked. Kalen DeBoer, possibility. Lane Kiffin, more of a possibility than people realize. Why? 
because Lane Kiffin knows they can't win a national championship at Ole Miss. Yes, I've seen what they've done in the portal. The portal is always a garnish to a meal. The portal has never been a meal, okay? Even with Florida State, look at all they did. Didn't even get them into the playoff. Tier two coaches for me for Alabama. Coach Prime, Steve Sarkeesian, Urban Meyer, Mike Norvell. Each of these coaches has something in their resume that makes them, you know, there's a red flag in there with each one. You know, Mike Norvell, very small body of work. Mike Norvell has kind of been a C-level recruiter until this year. Florida State's classes have been like 20th, 21st, 22nd. He's been really good in the transfer portal, though. This is the first year that they had an elite class on their own. Coach Prime, I mean, you tell me there's a ton of excitement with Coach Prime. Um, Coach Prime, I think, can be a little bit flighty. He can leave. He wanted the Florida State job. They didn't interview him. Is there still a chip on his shoulder for that? Steve Sarkeesian, why would he leave Texas? Like, he's got the, the highest grossing athletic department at his back. You know, does like at some point, if you're already at an A-level program, why why leave? You know what I mean? Like why why leave? And then finally, Urban Meyer. You guys don't need me to tell you the red flags on Urban Meyer. Okay, some sketchy practices, uh, burns out really easily. How long is he for the job? Always has these definitive statements. I'm retiring. Then comes back. Doesn't stay anywhere more than five or six years. I think you'd be lucky to have Urban Meyer for five years if he was the job. And then tier three for me, really, Diesel, is anybody else. I mean, I'm looking at some of these names. I can't believe some of these names are on here. Billy Napier is on here, Diesel, to be Alabama's head coach. What? Based on what? Pat Shermer? Marcus Freeman? The Notre Dame head coach? What? Derek Dooley? We, Derek Dooley was flamed out at Tennessee. Sharon Moore, who is the uh, Michigan offensive coordinator who was crying earlier this year as well. I mean, like, if, if they get that far down the list, brother, they have failed mightily and miserably. Diesel, uh, let me ask you this. Let's make our predictions for the next Alabama head coach. What do you say? Okay? I'll give you two minutes, and that's it, to come up with yours. I'm going to go Kalen DeBoer. I'm going to say it's Kalen DeBoer. Um, I think he knows how hard it is to build a consistent winner in Washington. Difference between Washington and Oregon is Washington doesn't have the Nike money like Oregon does. That's a big, that's a big minus. He, you know, like he can overachieve all he wants, but at some point, at some point, he is going to need uh, to get A-level talents, to get A-level results. Um, I think there's a little bit of reticence about Lane Kiffin. I think some in Alabama circles would say Lane Kiffin is more of a Tier 2 candidate. You know, that some of Lane Kiffin's behavior is not the Alabama way. I would imagine some would say that. So I'm going to go Kalen DeBoer is the guy. Dan Lanning has said no. Dabo either has already said no or will say no. Uh, Lane Kiffin, I do believe, would say yes. But I think Kalen DeBoer would be their choice, and I think he would say yes. 
That is my pick right now to be the next coach of Alabama. I can see how Kalen DeBoer would want it, especially with all of the changes coming to the Big Ten, moving to a different conference, having to play uh, with so much tremendous amount of travel that they're going to face in the Big Ten. I could see why Kalen DeBoer would look at it and be very attracted to the job. If it's not Kalen DeBoer, I truly believe it's going to be Lane Kiffin. All of those things that Lane Kiffin says and does as the chippy, you know, underdog, scrappy-doo at, at, um, at Ole Miss, he doesn't have to do that at Alabama because he's already on the tippy top of the mountain. He's been there before. You listen to him talk. Have you ever listened to, to Lane Kiffin talk? If you closed your eyes, I, he kind of even sounds like Nick Saban. The way he speaks, he picked up a lot of Nick Saban's style and cadence there. And I think he knows that Ole Miss will always be second tier to Alabama and LSU in the SEC and Texas and Oklahoma. So this is your chance. This is your chance to get on the tippy top of that mountain and not have to deal with any of that BS anymore. The job's never going to get any hotter than it is right now. You're never going to have an easier chance. I mean, look at think about it. If, if Alabama has defections because Nick Saban leaves, Lane Kiffin can pull whoever he wants off of that Ole Miss roster. Yep. So I think Lane Kiffin is would be a very – very high likelihood. You know, I, I've also heard a name. Mad Craft is bringing up Glenn Schumann. He is the uh, co-defensive coordinator, linebackers coach at Georgia. If you got to go that far down the list, brother, you're Alabama. Really? You got to go that far down the list. We hope we found the next Dan Lanning, but we're not really sure. I, I don't think it gets that, that far down the list. Do you? Uh, another texter, and I've seen this name mentioned. Uh, I believe this is J.D. in Simpsonville. Uh, said Dan Mullen is a name. Diesel, which would be a bigger uh, – I'll say this. I thought Dan Mullen deserved one more year at Florida. Um, I, You know, I, I think there was some erosion there, which troubled Florida fans. If if Alabama had to have – if you had to choose between Billy Napier or Dan Mullen, who would you choose? <laughs> I'd choose Dan Mullen. I would choose Dan Mullen as well. And the thing is, like, he, the knock on him is recruiting, right? He didn't like to recruit. Guess who had better classes at Florida? Mullen or Mill- Billy Napier is the, the whiz kid recruiter. Dan Mullen had better classes at Florida. I, I shared this with you, I think, yesterday, Diesel. Dan Mullen responded to me when I posted this tweet, and he wrote to me over the holidays in on Twitter, and he goes, I wish I had his facilities. I had better classes than he did, and I didn't have his facilities. The question is, what the hell took Florida so long to build these facilities? Right. Elite-level program out there practicing in six inches of water in a, in a field. They said they didn't need him, Diesel. They said they didn't need him. They said okay. Steve Spurrier did it and Urban Meyer did it, and that was the feeling. They're like, we, we're putting money towards academics. We don't need all these bells and whistles. And they, they fought that fight for a very, very long time, and then they started losing recruiting battles. The thing is with Mullen in Alabama, Diesel, like let's say the rumor about Mullen is right, doesn't like recruiting. You got the biggest recruiting budget there is. He could, they could just bring in Dan Mullen to be the closer, you know, and he doesn't have to recruit. He just, hey, man, we're already in the 11th hour on this five-star. You just come seal the deal. That's all he's got to do. 
at Alabama, that's what you get. I would like Dan Mullen a lot less at a place like Ole Miss, Mississippi State, Florida, Oregon, where he's got to build that, you know, like where he's got to build that that base. Uh, I would say, Dan, stay on TV. It's so much more fun. It is. So much less stress. It is, man. It is. Uh, all right, my friends. Coming up next on the show, what we have not yet gotten to is the effect all of this is going to have on the Carolina Panthers. And let me tell you, it is not going to be pretty. My name is Mark Ryan, and he is Diesel. And we are the Fan Upstate. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress-them-on-the-third-date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Mike Norvell Diesel has tweeted out the following. Great day to be a Florida State Seminole. Hashtag big man coming to the Knoll family and Tribe 24 future is bright in Tallahassee. Hashtag keep climbing. Um, Vol Nation, P1 listener, sends that into us. Vol Nation, that's not an admission that he wouldn't take the job. You know, it's just and he's continuing recruiting as is until something changes. But I I will, I have posted on Twitter, and I want, I want to have this interaction with you guys right now. Okay. Um, what is your prediction? Who is your prediction? All right, for Alabama's next head coach. I want you to text it to us right now, okay? Uh, and then I will shout out everyone who ultimately gets it right. Mine is Kalen DeBoer officially. Deezy, you going DeBoer or Lane officially for your one choice? Lane. He's going Lane. I'm going DeBoer. What are you guys going with? You get you got one choice of what you can do. What is your one choice? Hit us on the text line 71307. Just start your text with the word fan. <coughs> and away you go on the show. I have posted that on Twitter as well. Mine, Kalen DeBoer. Uh, e. Spurge says Kalen DeBoer. Carson Treese says Kalen DeBoer, Kalen DeBoer, Kalen DeBoer is the pick. That is my prediction. What is yours? See, the thing is, you got to think the way Homer SEC fans think. Homer SEC fans are 100% convinced that their poop don't stink, that anything, anybody coming from the SEC 
is better than anybody not coming from the SEC. Doesn't matter who they are. Right. Doesn't matter if you just took your team to the national championship. If you don't have SEC ties, you are all you are automatically a tier two coach. <laughs> I mean, we had Gamecock fans last week talking down to what Kalen DeBoer has accomplished. What's his record? Oh, As a head coach? Oh, uh, 104 and 12. Yeah, they were talking down to 104 and 12. Oh, because he's doing it in the Pac-12. He's not doing it in the, in the SEC. Come on, man. Come on. That's how SEC fans are. Like, so if you think Lane Kiffin is not already a step ahead of Kalen DeBoer, you're wrong. Uh, candidates for Alabama's head coaching job per CBS. Steve Sarkeesian. Dabo Sweeney, Kalen DeBoer, Mike Vrabel. That's an interesting one we haven't mentioned yet, Diesel. Lane Kiffin, Dan Quinn. Dan Quinn, Cowboys defensive coordinator. Mike Vrabel is the one interesting name we haven't we haven't brought up yet. I don't think Dabo's taking the gig. I, I, I don't think he is. And I know Clemson fans are getting nervous that you haven't heard a firm denial from Dabo yet, but believe you me, You know, Graham Neff went right to Dabo's office first thing this morning. First thing, this is not me reporting that. This is just me knowing how the inner workings of these things go. Hey, where's your head at, Dabo? How do you feel about this? What would you like us to say publicly about the Alabama job opening because we're going to be asked? What's my feeling? My feeling is this now means that the Carolina Panthers are going to be regarded as the lowest-ranked job available, and they are going to get the 10th or 11th best candidate. If they get any of these candidates that are in the top six, if they ever get a Vrabel, they should dance naked in the streets because I don't think it's happening, and I don't think it's likely. Panthers culture. J.J. Hardy joins us next right here on the most interactive sports talk show anywhere. It's Offsides, Mark Ryan and Diesel. We are the Fan Upstate. It's offsides, Mark Ryan and Diesel, and we are the fan upstate. Wonderful to have you guys with us. You know, um, one thing I'll pass on to you guys about all these openings, right? And it's hard for fans to understand this, and the reason is that, like, to you guys, right, to you, um, your own job Right, your job, your the job, the head coaching job for your team, um, is the dream job. So I, I heard Scott Strickland, who's the AD of my alma mater, Florida, and they said if you could pass on to fans one thing about a coaching search, what would it be? And he right away said that not everybody wants your job. Like I want the fans to know this. Not everybody is interested in your gig. And so, you know, like it it might be hard for Carolina Panthers fans to hear this. And every time there's a a vacancy that comes up, Carolina fans think it's great. Oh, my God, look at this. There's another big name out here that could be ours. No, every time there's a vacancy, you're moving further down the pecking order. That's my honest belief. Okay, now you are looking at a vacancy is at Alabama, Michigan. Washington Commanders, Seattle Seahawks, New England, Atlanta, Tennessee Titans, Las Vegas, Los Angeles Chargers, plus whatever coach takes the Alabama job, there's going to be a vacancy there. I think, sadly, folks, that, you know, Dave Tepper is going to be tasked with the challenge of finding a hit despite getting the 10th or 11th best candidate out there. 
at least on paper right now. What do you say? Joining us right now is our good friend, J.J. Hardy from Panthers Culture. Happy New Year, J.J. Love your content. Am I wrong with this, J.J.? Like, am I wrong with saying, man, every time there's a new vacancy, this is not good news for Carolina Panthers fans because all these jobs are bumping the Panthers further down the list. Is that how you see it? Well, first of all, Happy New Year to everybody Thank back you, at friend. home and to you, good sir. Thank you, um, You are right. I actually tweeted that earlier today. You know, okay. when I saw the Patriots job actually come open because of them moving away from Bill Belichick, the legend Bill Belichick. Every time one of these opportunities open up, that means that there's potentially a better opportunity for the the host of candidates that we've discussed and some that we haven't even thought about. And when you look at some of those opportunities, you know, namely Seattle, the L.A. Chargers, you know, now you have the New England Patriots. A lot of these opportunities are in markets that are better known for their football teams. Um, you know, they have better rosters. In some cases, I would venture to say, I would say every one of them has a better owner. And then you throw in these uh, college opportunities that are out there um, with saving leaving Alabama. You have a potential Jim Harbaugh leaving Michigan. And I'm not comparing the NFL to the college opportunities, but the reality is head coaching opportunities are opportunities. And if the money is right, then people are attracted to those big schools like they are NFL opportunities. So every time one opens up, the the challenge is that much harder for the Carolina Panthers. So, yes, I agree with you there, 100%. J.J., what would Dave Tepper have to give up to get an A-level candidate? And if he did give it up, and I think the answer is probably control here, but I'd love to get your take on it. If he did give up some form of control, where would you set the over-under timetable before Dave would very publicly try to wrestle it back? I would say that he would give it a year. If he was ever able to do it, I would think that David Tepper could slide into the shadows for at least a year. He still would have some presence, you know, in front of the media probably would put uh, Mr. Cole Tepper, Mrs. Nicole Tepper out front, you know, to represent the Tepper name. But, you know, we've seen him go quiet, but normally it's because he is shriveling up because of the, the negative press going on about the Panthers. But I think he would challenge himself to step back if he was to hire the right type of head coach who he respects who he respects enough to be in front of the media and, and handling whatever's going on regarding the football part of the Carolina Panthers. Uh, J.J. Hardy, Panthers Culture, on Twitter by the same name, Panthers Culture, joining us here on Offsides. Mark Ryan and Diesel, the fan upstate. J.J., do you... Are you still convinced that moving on from Frank Reich was the right decision? I mean, I, I, I saw the difference, Steve Wilkes and Frank Reich, uh, but I also know they're breaking in a rookie quarterback. I also know the roster wasn't the same, and I ha- I didn't see squat for improvement once Frank Reich was gone. So how do we know that Frank Reich just wasn't the martyr and wasn't the face of Dave Tepper's humiliation? You know, Why is he taking all the bullets for this mess? Before Frank Wright came to Carolina, I was very supportive of the idea of Frank being hired to be 
the head coach. And that was based on Frank's uh, NFL experience. Uh, Frank is a well-respected man in NFL circles. I know there was a lot of people who were uh, down on Frank because he was coming off a losing effort in Indianapolis, but I still think Frank um, brought a lot of NFL experience. He's a former NFL quarterback. Um, I thought that that would be good for, um, you know, drafting a rookie quarterback. But specifically, and I think we have discussed this on, on a previous episode, you know, I think with Frank Wright, I, I really truly in my heart, I think Frank Wright had an ideal type quarterback that he planned on coaching. And regardless of what's being communicated from the team or whatever, this is just my opinion. I believe Frank Wright wanted to coach a guy like C.J. Stroud. Um, his history was that, and, we, and I know you've outlined this before, every quarterback he ever coached in his career was 6'4 and above. And I know C.J. Stroud is just 6'3, but he's right there at 6'4-ish. And I think that they got off on the wrong foot when I believe Frank was convinced to to look another way at the quarterback position that ended up at Bryce Young, who is a, who is a great prospect. You know, don't get me wrong. I just think Frank was challenged to coach a guy that he wasn't familiar with. I mean, when he even looks at the, in the mirror at himself, he's a 6'4 quarterback. Right. So now he's trying to tailor a game to fit a guy that I don't think he trusts the stature and the skill set of that guy. And I think that that disjointedness showed itself on the football field. And for that reason, although Frank is a guy I really respect, I think for that reason, I think they made the right move to move on from Frank Wright because I think when you're in a situation like the Carolina Panthers are now that they traded so much to get Bryce Young, if you have to choose between one or the other to get rid of, well, you definitely not you're not getting rid of the quarterback you just drafted. So you have to move on from the guy who you feel isn't willing to coach him. Um, the way that you want to see him coach. If I could follow up on that, JJ, and ask, you know, we all heard about the reports of the backstabbing that took place in the building, and, you know, Frank Reich had knives in his back and people speaking over him. And what do you think that entailed? What do you think was really going on there? Well, I think, I think everything that was celebrated before the season started before people started practicing and eventually playing, I think this all-star staff that they pulled together, you know, you were bringing, you know, let's just point to Thomas Brown and Deuce Staley, right? You had Thomas Brown coming from Sean McVay's system, you know, and, and you know Sean McVay is from that Shanahan tree, and they do things a certain way with the way that they design, you know, their run scheme and all the um, the pass plays off of the same run looks and all the pre-snap motion that they have out there in L.A. Uh, in that scheme. And then you had Deuce Staley, who was coming from Detroit, and, and Ben Johnson and the offense that they run and the way that they uh, challenge teams, you know, with the way that, you know, their scheme, you know, runs at teams and then throws off of that run action. Um, you know, you have very good offenses that different guys came from and different guys had experienced in other places. And then you have Frank Wright, who is coming off a a negative year in Indianapolis, who believes that he has a winning formula and a winning scheme uh, 
and wanting to show, you know, everybody who may be doubting him that he still can coach offensive football. And I think trying to mesh all those people together and make them come to the same, you know, to the same uh, conclusion with how they're going to run an offense, I think it was always going to be a challenge, even though it looked good on paper. And and I think the backstabbing started happening when, you know, everything sounds good with a collaboration, right? You know, you put me, you, and another guy in the room and ask us to come up with a solution, you know, to, to, to create something. But we come from different experiences, and we start working on this thing together, and then we start, you know, basically – we start compromising, right? Everybody has to compromise when you have to collaborate. Um, if you are willing to come off of your way and your methodology of doing something, I think all these coaches did that to a degree. But when the wheels started falling off, then people started trusting what the other person wanted to do less. And I think the backstabbing started happening when, you know, people started realizing, like, man, you know, like we're 0-5 now, you know, but it's not my fault because if we're doing what I want to do, then we would look a lot better. And I think, you know, three or four people started doing that, and then all of a sudden, you know, you have the backstabbing going on. And and I think we were watching it in real time as the season went on. You know, even the whole Bryce Young ankle thing, I kind of feel – I'm still suspect on that a little bit um, because I think some people just wanted to see Andy Dalton, and we, we saw that in the reports as well. Some people wanted to see Andy Dalton play. and you know, and it's it's it all starts with the the different philosophies and trusting the philosophies uh, to to you know giving up some of what you want to do to give in to the head coach. And I think at the end of the day, Frank Wright decided, "Hey, look, if I'm going down, I'm going down my way." And I think that's when everybody probably just said, "You know what? I don't agree with it. Let him go out his own way." And um, and people, you know, started protecting their own interests. You know, there's a lot of self-preservation going on in Carolina, in my opinion. J.J., April 26th is a long way away. A lot of time to think about where you might go in the draft if, uh, if you're inside that building. Is there a quarterback in this draft that if they fell all the way to 33rd overall, <laughs> you would say, hmm, I might actually take that guy and see if he can push Bryce Young? They're probably, I mean, just in general, yes. You know, the answer is yes. I would say there's at least two or three guys that if they just somehow fail for whatever reason, I would definitely be interested in. I know the optics of it would look horrible, but I'm trying to impress upon fans who are interested in listening to me that although – you would want a head coach, the new head coach, to come in and be like 100% all in on Bryce Young. I think that a new head coach should be afforded, you know, the ability and the freedom to get a guy they fully trust too, right? Whether that's in 2024 or 2025, I think you need to be willing to work with Bryce Young because of what's been invested to get him. But I think if that guy truly, after you, like, let's say, you know, coach get hired, new coach gets hired within the next three to four weeks, you know, he gets to start, you know, communicating with Bryce Young, you know, to some level. And then around, I guess, March, April, whenever they start OTAs or whatever, or voluntary stuff, they can, he, they'll be able to, to see him. And then I think if they're able to see Bryce Young before the draft in any capacity and decide, hey, look, 
I don't know, man. This dude looks shorter than five ten. <laughs> um, I I want. I want, you know, like I want the new guy to have the freedom and flexibility to to get the guy he wants. I don't want some head coach hired and their uh, success and failure in Carolina is tied to who Bryce Young is as a quarterback. And I want Bryce Young to be successful. Don't get me wrong. But I, I think it would be unfair to go and hire who you believe is a great coach, a great offensive mind, and and let that guy, you know, come here and and it fizzle out because he couldn't figure it out with the quarterback you drafted before he even showed up. That's all I'm saying. So so yes, if if an ideal guy, if I'm a if I'm a, a offensive minded head coach, if I'm a guru that you hired me to be, and I'm sitting there at 33, and the guy that I have absolutely loved from the first time I saw him in college, and somehow he falls into my lap. I have to go and tap, you know, Dave Tepper or whoever on the shoulder and say, hey, look, man, you know, we may have to, um, you know, move off of our board, you know, what we expected to do here at 33 because I didn't expect, and I'm not saying that this guy be here, but I didn't expect Michael Penix Jr. to be that's here That's exactly the guy. I'm telling yeah. you, J.J., that's the guy that could fall. Four season-ending injuries. Right? And that's who I was thinking of. I just didn't want to lead the answer. Yeah, I mean, like, that's the dude that could be there. And I'm telling you, you know, one thing, and I said this to Diesel the other day when he when he shrewdly brought, brought this up. I, I remember J.J. being in Tampa and hosting in Tampa when they made a coaching change, and the coach, the new coach, didn't like that Darrell Revis was making, like, the most money on the team for a losing team and the team needed so much help and they have the most expensive corner in the NFL. And what he said was, we're not going to keep paying for the previous regime's mistakes. Right. Exactly. Right. So exactly. like why, you know, look, Washington way back when selected RG three, Kirk cousins, who's been better in the same draft In the same draft. Kirk cousins was a fourth round pick. RG three was number two overall. Kirk cousins has been better. So, you know, you want a good quarterback room. Don't be worried about the optics. I, I want to redirect this, uh, J.J., to this point. Alabama, Michigan, Carolina, Washington, Seattle, New England, Atlanta, Tennessee, Las Vegas, and the Chargers. All of those openings. All right. This is what I have. I, I got a couple of lists here, all right, of, of candidates. I, I want you to, if you can, J.J., first um, separate the wheat from the chaff when it comes to Jim Harbaugh and the Carolina Panthers last year, what are the rumors? What's the truth that happened there? Would Jim Harbaugh really be the coach right now? Uh, had Dave Tepper seated some power? But I've got among the candidates, it, this is my ranking list, JJ. Jim Harbaugh won, two, Ben Johnson, three, Mike Vrabel, four, Bobby Slowick, five, Brian Callahan, six, Mike McDonald, seven, Frank Smith, Eight, Bill Belichick. I can't believe I have him that low. I can't move him higher right now. Nine, Raheem Morris. Ten, Dan Quinn. Eleven, Dave Canales. Twelve, Todd Munkin. And then you also have to consider the outside possibilities of like a Dabo Sweeney or like a Mike Norvell or a Lane Kiffin or somebody that might be ready to make the jump to the NFL, although I don't think Dave Tepper is going to go down that road again. But somebody else might. Somebody else might take a college guy over another big name on the board, which could leave someone for Carolina. So if you can start this by giving us your understanding of where Jim Harbaugh was last year, and then what's the best name that the Carolina Panthers have a viable shot of landing here? 
Well, starting with the Jim Harbaugh situation, I'm a huge Jim Harbaugh fan. Same. That's number one. So I can't remember where I was at or what I was doing, but when I saw the first report, you know, tweeted or wherever it was posted, that Jim Harbaugh had reached out to the Carolina Panthers, but then shortly after reading that, realizing that the Carolina Panthers kind of declined him, I was so upset to where I was just digging everywhere I could find to try to figure out, like, what was the reality of this? You know, was this just a rumor? Like, what, you know, and the reality is we don't know what, you know, beyond what's being reported. And I never asked any of the friends I have, you know, like, you know, to to, to check around, you know, on that for me um, up there in Charlotte, you know. So, but I was just so disappointed that that Jim Harbaugh could have, reached out to Dave Tepper. And I mean, I think the reports are clear that they, that there were conversations, um, you know, or at least representatives spoke to each other about Jim Harbaugh's interest in coaching the Carolina Panthers. It, I was made to believe from, from having conversations, you know, just with, you know, common fans um, and, and people who were slightly in the know that they felt that Jim Harbaugh was using the NFL in general as leverage, you know, for his contract situation mm. at the University of Michigan. Mm. That to me didn't make sense um, because I felt like Jim had enough going on at the time. You know, I think there was like a little rec- a recruiting investigation going on from, you know, when he was out recruiting during the COVID and some things were being brought into question to where I felt like Jim was really looking at an avenue to get back to the NFL and Carolina had an opportunity, I think, you know, for Jim to say, okay, you got a pretty good roster. I saw what you did, you know, with Steve Wilkes uh, late down the stretch. You know, you got a power run game. Jim is a very, you know, physical guy in terms of how he likes to approach offense. You know, you got a strong defense. I think Jim looked at that opportunity and said, hey, look, I can go back and call Vic Fangio to come and run my defense. You know, I can, you know, bring in Greg Roman or somebody to keep this 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 strong run game, you know, going the way I saw them going with Steve Wilk. I think I could win there. Um, plus, you know, he was a Carolina Panther, former Carolina Panther, just like Frank Wright, um, you know, for a stint. You know, so I think Jim had legit interest, but I think because Jim had so much going on you know, with this contract situation with the University of Michigan, I think people overthought that. And I think that's one one part of it. I think the other part of it was tied to who Dave Tepper is and knowing that if I go this route with a Jim Harbaugh, I can't continue to meddle and and you know and weigh in, you know, with my analytics and things that he's been able to do, you know, with Scott Fitterer and, you know, and and, and, and Matt Rule and, you know, the people that he's had around him this whole time because Maybe in those discussions, he found out from Jim or Jim's camp that Jim wouldn't want to retain Scott Fitterer, and maybe uh, Dave Tepper, you know, really wanted to keep Scott Fitterer as his GM. There's all kind of things that could have gone on in those discussions um, that were had, but I was tremendously disappointed that he wasn't at least um, brought in for a formal interview um, last cycle. There you go, JJ. A year later, yeah. I'm the same way. 
Um, <laughs> no, uh, me too. And, and, me too. And, and now, now, you, now they blew their shot at him. You know, like they, 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 like you know, the girl asked you out, you said no, and now you don't have a shot at her anymore. JJ, Man. I, I just wanted, I want a simple one to ten answer here from you. Okay. One being not at all, ten being highly likely. What's the, what are the, what's the likelihood that the Carolina Panthers do something bold and trade somebody? and try to get back into the first round, or do they take their medicine and wait until day two? So you said that one is highly likely? Well, uh, well yeah, we'll say one is highly likely. Oh, one is highly likely. Uh, if one is highly likely, I mean, it wouldn't matter either way because I'm going to go with five. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, because, and I say that right now because I think we won't know what their aggression would look like until we know who the GM is and what their track record is. There you that's go. Just, that's as far as I can be right now, because I think if you got a strong, um, you know, personnel scouting a talent evaluator type GM, then he may trust, you know, his, his eye and know that I can get who I want, you know, on day two, you know, at pick 33, you know, but I think if it's a guy that's like, okay, I don't know how to really evaluate, you know, what's there on day two, but I know a guy that I want is in day one. Then I think he'll take a look at what we currently have and what's valuable and see if we can trade that away to get into the first round. I I mean, that's what I think. Appreciate you, JJ. Thanks so much as always, pal. Hope 2024 gets off to a fantastic start for you. Looking forward to catching up again soon. Oh, absolutely, sir. Thank you for having me on. You got it. All right. Panthers culture, JJ Hardy. The top five at five is coming your way next. I say Dabo's not going to Alabama, but some in the media are saying something very differently. We will splice that for you in the top five at five next. Here on Offsides, we are the Fan Upstate. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.